The following is paid programming and is operated and produced independently. The current views and opinions expressed belong solely to the operators and do not represent the views or opinions of Family Flavors, the Slide WBN Inc., its affiliates, its sister companies, or respective companies which these individuals are affiliated or have been previously affiliated. The program's participants' opinions and content are based upon information they consider reliable, but neither Family Flavors to Slide WBN Inc. nor its affiliates warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be considered as such. All rights to the media broadcasted on this platform belong solely to the copyright owners of said media. Family Flavors to Slide WBN Inc. and its affiliates do not make claims to own the media broadcasted on our network.
That Bulu gonna give me a billion Inshallah, run the back, Lord willing I'ma be off on the island, chilling I came a long way from Joe Dillon And I still run with a 5'6 villain We live life like it ain't no ceilings Never been a limit, take a need to be killing I, I feel like breakdancing Cause I got every bitch in the place straight glancing While they next to they love her looking at me hate dancing But I'm always with niggas just like a fake clansman How I'm feeling is people keep using identical syllables Switch it up a little bit, I'm feeling that often this pattern's the only one fillable To the masses, perhaps the people not needing variety since the umbilical Don't hate the miller, so I'm just a rapper that happens to kill a bro When I be covering your cover so pillable ah. Did it all on purpose Stepped up in the building, make them nervous Thought I'd cover your bitch cause she lurking Spilling all these drinks that I purchased Yeah, something real strange When they look around, I see real things If you mag it out your feelings I'm feeling, 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 fe
it look pretty though in my video. Oh, dirty on my hat and I let you all out. Just dance if you're going up in the Holy Ghost pray. Stop, I'm a pussy killer ants in the pants. I'm the ODB as you can see. To the fullest everywhere I go Guaranteed to bust a hole Yeah, I'm so original I don't have to I told you from the get-go I like the Lilo With my niggas blowing endo We like to drink it And talk shit And spit it, bitches And that's the way we do it Sometimes we're hitting switches In the low ride I slide into the hood and back It's Snoop Dogg In the motherfucking Cadillac They call it Snoop Deville For real I get the money And I never ever pop no pills I used to pop them Blind to these motherfuckers now I used to do all kind of shit When I was wild They used to call me Lil Bow Wow Now Big Bow Wow When this motherfucker
we have a theory that makes me kind of weary. It's a humorous matter that makes my eyes teary. Yeah, that's what they call it. The thing's so big, you need a U-Haul to haul it. It's up on the tip. It's up on the top. This flamboyant thing cannot be stopped. Jim Browski. That's what it is. Word. Gotta get it into you. Jim Browski. 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 Straight, you know what I'm saying? And there ain't no half stepping. Word. I'm ready. Stop. 
Scooby Doo Wee. Like a jazz player, I improvise wisely. Free with the style, I flow like the Nile. But remember, don't mistake the smile. Deep rooted is my rhyming, like ancient African grills. Precise is my timing. But let me get to the essence of what I'm saying here. Too many blood red streets with bodies laying there. The systematic fanatics are at it again. Trying to kill me and all of us, my friend. But don't bend to the mental stream. Against all odds, we must strive for essential gains. Be true to the life the Lord gave you. And that's a message from the lifesaver. The lifesaver. Should bring it, baby. 
that's got in the back. Well, welcome. Hello. Tim's been a real good friend of mine, personal friend of mine, and just a real good part of the community. I Somebody agree. That, you know, we, we all look up to and uh, respect. I don't know why I speak for myself, but, you know, he's a very well-liked individual. Well, and for good reason. He he's has a long resume. You know, in this game, it's about track record. You know what I'm saying? And it's about just long, you know, long, longevity. Uh, longevity. Longevity. Anyone wants to hit the pen? Yeah, longevity and just, just being for real and down to earth and just somebody who's always been honest and approachable and just good guy, man. It's good to have you here. Well, he says track record, but yeah, definitely I've gotten better as far as like being a good person, spreading more karma and being, uh, you know, working with my community and not just fry people and use people anymore like it was back in the days. Yeah, well, I mean, it was different days back in the days. Like when I met Timmy way back, it was when we have a club out here in Colorado Springs called The Mansion now. It's called The Mansion, but The Basement of the old mansion used to be fantasy, which used to be the hot spot. That was serious underground. Yeah, it was serious underground. It was dirty warehouse shit. But that was the true shit. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, that's what we had here in Springs. We had, you know, there wasn't really much to go around at that time. You know, there's these underground parties popping up. That was like when you had map points and shit like that. Like those days, like 93, 94. Wasn't that, isn't that about when fantasy That's was? About right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. But, uh, like, I grew up, well, I mean, I can't say grew up. We all kind of grew up together, you know, in doing the scene. Then I left to Vegas. And then I haven't seen Timmy for like years and years, like shit, twenty plus years. Well, we all partied and we all went through our struggles and stuff. Yeah. And we definitely after that we learned that well, it's just not about myself. It's about the community that you're with and the people that you're you're around, whether it's bubbles of people or just groups of people, because then you try to be consistent and treat everybody right. And that's yep. what you learn when we were all partying and going through all that. Because we're all getting high and having fun. And yep. Sometimes at some points we was all about, oh, I just got to do my shit for myself. I got to get my own, my own. I got to get paid. Yep. You know? But you realize as you get older that you got to build on something as far as like music. And you got to treat people right because exactly. Well, if it's in the same town, people are definitely going to remember you. Exactly. Colorado Springs is not that big. Denver is not that big. When you start burning yeah. bridges, sometimes the it, memory word gets around. Yeah, it's it's just it's, it can really be unfortunate when you when that happens. You know, it happens to good people. You know. You know, but and some of it's growth. You know, I I know some DJs that done some shitty shit in the past <laughs> you know that done some pretty shitty shit but oh, yeah. you know they've lived and learned and they're better people now you know and they're still spinning so just, I don't know it's, it's just 
just being consistent about consistency it. is the track record that's what i'm talking about that's i've always been a big person about track record because if you do one thing here in town like you guys are saying it's going to get around especially at denver down here but eventually it, it will get around whether you jack somebody where you where you don't pay somebody yeah yeah your reputation will definitely precede you in a town such as Denver or here, you know. Well, I yeah. also like to say it's like shooting stars. Good at Brad, whether it's good or bad. You're on top of the, uh, you know. Can't be. Yeah, I got. I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting my gigs. I'm getting on top of the world, you know. But I'm getting drunk and getting fucked up, and I'm going across the sky like a shooting star. Yeah. And eventually, if you don't handle it right, you're gonna burn out. See, that that's kind of was my situation in Vegas. When I went out to Vegas, I got booked out there, and I got with like. It was uh, Spear Marino After Hours and Gino and like Love Productions. And they were like the number one like group doing shit in Vegas at that time, as far as like kind of underground type of stuff. But they're still just starting to open casinos doors to nightclubs, you know. And before they would have like nightclubs, like adult nightclubs, you know, stuff like that. But as far as like thumping, like what it is today. Vegas did not used to be like that back in the early 90s. Well, it's funny that you say that because I just saw uh, a documentary talking about the, the big wave that finally hit Vegas. The beginning part was all about, you know, like you said, adult music. And yep. they weren't included. They didn't have a clue what was going on with the electronic dance music or EDM, whatever they call it back then. Yeah. But it's just eventually they were like, oh. And they saw all this stuff all over the world, clubs, big parties. And they are like, oh, it, Maybe we need to start making money like that. And this dude was talking about how he rode the wave, and this dude was a promoter, and he made billions. He oh, yeah. He made billions. I, my, the dude who I used to work for, he owns, uh, he's, owns a part of Eleven in Miami, and they just built a new one in Vegas. And he's the one who used to run Spearman Rhino After Hours. Shout out Gino Lepinto. And he he's doing, like, crazy big stuff, like, like crazy people in the house just this week he had i think he had uh afrojack or someone crazy. like just big names left and right but uh yeah in vegas i started getting burnt out i it was vegas is different though you know than colorado springs because 24-hour town everybody wants your job in the whole world yep. you know wants to dj in vegas whether it's a small little bar or whether it's a big ass venue they just want to put that on their resume that they dj'd in vegas and got their foot in the door you know mm -hmm. but everybody's after your job everybody is so if you don't stay on top of it and do your prime time then do your after hours then do your after after hours with the crew and all that type of shit you know what i'm talking about early party days where the party doesn't stop and then before you know it time to go back to work well, sometimes it's okay to get off the, the circus ride and take it take it easy for a minute i used to take sundays off <laughs> but you know you miss a day or two you'll be replaced exactly you'll be replaced quick and at the same time, you're trying to do self-promotion and all that shit. So you got to get out there. You got to meet the people. You got to get your face in front of the right people, you know, and that type of stuff. And so it beat me down. 24-hour town beat me down. It was just too much of a good thing. And DJs were getting treated like rock stars in Vegas at that time. You know, it was 
I was making some bank. I used to work out of Ron uh, Luxor and uh, Club Utopia next to MGM. They were popping ass clubs. Either y'all ever DJ in Vegas? No, but I, yeah. I, from what I understand now, they're, they're, you can't go anywhere like you're talking about. There's just music, electronic music everywhere. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. You know, it always used to be about the Vegas shows, but nah, it's, it's about bar service. It's about going yeah. to the club and, and having 20, 20 people deep and... You know, and, and it's just money, 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 money. Hell yeah. Well, you look back at DJ AM. Yeah. He he was the guy who made the mark for all DJs. And lived <laughs> just to die on an overdose. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but he 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 was making a million bucks a, a month. I think was it you a month that, or a show? I've seen that documentary about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. But he, he made the he made the landmark for all DJs. He set himself on fire too at some point. Well, all kinds of crazy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, he got on fire from the plane crash. Oh, that's him, right. Him and Travis Barker. <laughs> they got burnt. Yeah, they and they were the only two that survived. Yeah, that's fine. Can you imagine that? That's some foul shit. Right that is some super duper <laughs> rock star <laughs> shit. I don't even know if you'd put that in rock star category because most rock star category like that, they that's end up dying like, in the plane crash. That's like, that's like that stuff in the 70s. That's incredible like, uh, type shit. Ozzy Osbourne and shit was flying his plane or somebody was like that and they flew the plane into the mansion or there's some crazy shit like that. It's like <laughs> Leonard Skinner died on an airplane. <laughs> Man. Richie Valens, oh. the big bopper. <laughs> Boppers. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, they're, they're making, you know, Buku I, money. Like we're, we're talking about, like where we are now. For me, I don't know if you guys, but if I were to make my millions and be on top of the food chain, or not necessarily be on top of the food chain, but it's just in a good position, then I'd just do right with the money. You know, I would, yeah. I would, especially just with everything, whether it's chari- charitable organizations, doing fundraisers, or just like, you know, helping out fellow DJs, or, or even starting a school for people like, you know, my boy, he's, got his, he's called Congo Paul. He has his own drum, drummer school. And what they do is they help these kids get their drum, drum sets for the first time. Well, they start getting practice until they can eventually afford it. Or they help the system as far as like, well, oh, that's we're cool. going to help you pay for your drums or we're going to pay, pay it for you. But that's just what I'm saying. You know, if you make those millions, instead of falling on an airplane and fucking fe- setting yourself on fire <laughs> and going to and keep, keep or going buying and, Twitter and keep going yeah. to the ongoing after, 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 after party, do some good with it. You know what I'm saying? Putting people in space. <laughs> I don't know if buying Twitter is a do good thing. Do that's shit like that. Yeah, he, he, got, that shit. he got messed up, but. Do some dumb shit. It's crazy. Just the whole road that. We've been on to up to this point, you know what I'm saying? Because my earliest memories of you is like when I started. I'm 46 now. I started in high school. Well, that's what I'm saying. Back in the days, too, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I've always had a perspective like, well, I and that's just what everybody does. You to do a favor for somebody, you always expect a favor back from somebody. So yeah. Back in the days, I just knew how hard it was to make a demo tape. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, all these up-and-coming DJs, yeah. you know, they cut, they they get the balls, they come at me and during the show. I was like, you know what? I was like, you got a demo? And they would say, no. I was like, well, I understand. So why don't you come down uh, next weekend and we'll get you on an opening spot. 
and we'll just see how you are, you know. But I gotta go, go ahead and warn you, it's the deep end of the pool, and some people listening to you, if you start fucking drowning in your mix, then that's what people are gonna remember you. Yeah. But anyway, the point being is like, uh, uh, was it years back? Some dude, like I was telling you, I gave him a leg up and gave him a spot. Well, he eventually gave up DJing, and he hit me up one day. He's like, hey, dude, I got some records for you because I'm quitting to DJ. I was like, cool. And we met up, and he, he like, reaches in his truck and pulls out a couple, couple crates of records. I was like, hey, thank you. I appreciate that, you know, return that karma or return that whatever favor. He's like, I got one more other thing for you. And he pulls out a Technique 1200. He's like, I want you to have it. Nice. <laughs> and it's just nice. things like that. I remember... It's like, yeah, I gave people a leg up, you know, and I never expected any favors from anybody. Though my mentality back then was like, oh, yeah, how can you do me a favor? But I changed, and like I was saying earlier, yeah. and everyone changes to make themselves better. I was like, well, let's go ahead and get you a, a, a spot, an opening spot, uh, or come early, like like eight or something, yeah. and we can get you on an open turntable as an audition, and we'll see how you are. And trust me, there was a lot of people who came through, and like I said, there's people who remember me, and remember me from like, hey man, you gave me a chance. Yeah. There's pretty few people I've taught, but there hasn't really been a whole lot that took it further. Yeah. So, but I think you're a good example. You, you took well, it further. Yeah. Well, I thought I would be a lot further, actually. Well, you and me both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, after all these years, I and I understand I, I can, that. I can appreciate that. But, but you know, at I, the I same time, like I've done some pretty amazing things that when I was a kid that I would only dream about. Artists I've worked with that, I mean, that I never would have thought in a million years. You know what I'm saying? Like when I did the Cannabis Cups, you know, Ice Cube, Snoop, Cypress Hill, all of them at, at the first uh, High Times Cannabis Cup and the second one. And... I got booked at the Seedman's tent and like, but stayed in the same hotel with on the same floor with them. And they were like, Ice Cube was all trying to get with some girl that uh, was with us. And it was, it was crazy, but <laughs> like shit like that. I never thought in a million years. Well, that's the things you remember though. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Man. Have you kept all your flyers? I got most of them. I got most of them. Dude, I've yeah. on like thousands of them. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Thousands. I try to keep them. I, and I try to like break them down, like sh make smaller ones and put them in a book, kind of like what I was showing you. Yeah. You know, and do that. But yeah, I I, I think that's gonna be when I, I get all, Alzheimer's <laughs> one day, so I can sit there in my wheelchair and just look at my book. And be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Throwing that favorite you know, mix. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool to to, to look back. I, I look back and I. I do too. Like some shit will escape my mind. I'll be looking through that and it. just memories will just flood, Dude. you know, pop through the floodgates. Did a lot of good things. Oh I yeah. Didn't make a whole lot of money, but I did a lot of cool things. Yeah. I think I fucking appreciate. What is the most you made, like on any gig, like doing the gig? It's the most I've made. Yeah, for one gig. Yeah, hundred fifty. Um, no, I, mean, I, I think I made probably seven hundred a day. I, for, for how many hours? Not very long. It was, it was a corporate gig. I, I probably DJed for 20 minutes, and I made a, like 1,500 bucks for like two days. My best gig ever, even that's beyond not, that's, Vegas, that's like, was the Air Force Academy uh, graduation 
at Arnold Hall with 30,000 cadets in all their family. That was like huge. That was the biggest group I've ever DJed for. Like that was, and they were like there to fucking dance. God damn it, they just graduated. So it was like, I was sweating bullets. And plus, you're trying to be all proper. I mean, there's colonels here. There's all generals. I mean, all kinds of stuff. You know, and you're just like... Well, you want to play that big, big booty? <laughs> yeah, you can't just be... Noah rocked the house. No, my number one song was that night? Dick slap rap. Some Beyonce put a ring on it. We're going to... Because you know that whole little dance she does? In the video, like all these cadets and everyone was all like, the single ladies, yeah, all the single ladies there. It was crazy, <laughs> but that was, and I got paid. That was for five hours worth of work, and but that was like hour setup and hour, you know. But I got paid twenty five hundred nice. for that one. But the best gig I got was city of um, Canyon City through the city for the white water uh, rafting you know festival i got paid 850 bucks to dj for 45 minutes nice that's good yeah well that's the way it should be well right? yeah skill. yeah I, mean, I just always like to ask people that not that like i'm trying to gloat or anything i just want to hear others experiences like i feel lucky for that i got tipped 100 bucks once for playing let's get it on after i shut everything down and they made me shut everything back up i mean turn everything back on just so i would play that one song for them because it's their anniversary but they tipped me 100 bucks for it that's a good thing. We're, pe- we're the keepers of memories, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, making shit happen at the right time. You know, you just gotta yeah. play the right record at the right time. I mean, that's that's kind of what, what I've learned over the years how to do that. Well, that's a good specialty more skill often DJs have. Than not. To play the right track, the right song at the right moment. Yep. And play for, not necessarily, you, yeah, you play for your crowd, but ultimately you're still kind of playing for you. Yeah. You set the mood. Playing for you. I, I've locked so many man hours. I, I'm just fearless now. I don't care. Yeah. I, I play whatever. I mean, I've, I still get butterflies I, I, from I've time to time. Certain gigs. The, just, you know, just confidence level. Just being human, like, oh, how am I going to perform today in front of all these Yeah, people? like last night being on point because that's like in front of our peers. We played so many, that shit so many times. Well, that's, yeah. That's the thing, man. We always want to be remembered for a good set. But people tend to always remember that one glitch that was in your set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but that's just it, though. It's just like people being critics. And that's, what that's, how, that's how I am. So do you have your uh, mixes posted up anywhere online? I do. Uh, DJ Timmy. Uh, Mixcloud. You can find me on Mixcloud. Oh, Mixcloud? Yeah, I got some Mixcloud, too. You should try uh, Bandcamp. Do you? I keep hearing about it. Bandcamp is the ultimate platform as far as for DJs making copyrighted music, you know, more or less. And you can still make money off of it, you know, and uh, you can put your whole catalog. Are you making music? I will. I do mashups. That's all right. I'm not making music either. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I consider what I do making music like the stuff. That's what I wanted to do today was just record solid tracks. Okay. And then put them online. Right, right. You know, and... So yeah, I, I I got probably like 135 on my Bandcamp. Okay. 
But yeah, just yeah. For some reason, I have such a short attention span when it comes to making music. I've tried Ableton. Yeah, no luck for me on that one. <laughs> I tried uh, what is it? I think everyone did the Fruity Loop. Fruity Loop. Yeah. Loops. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, the Fruity Loops free version <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Oh. Then right. reason. The reason I mess with reason, reason is too much. It's just that's not, yeah, that's like gotta, too much. Like you, you just get lost doing one mix for years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's just so much shit you can do with it, you know? But I like, I like doing that. My son's been doing a lot of that, producing a lot of beats. Nice, nice. Yeah, he's all into that. And he's got some good ones. Huh, Trinity, you've heard some of them. They're pretty good. Yeah, shout out Steve-O. Steve-O. Now, you, yeah. I, I read about you doing having a show coming up. Is that true? You're doing a festival of some kind? Oh, yeah. Um, What's that all about? I've been, been booked for Sacred Acre in Alaska coming up in September. It's a three-day event. This will be my first first ever festival in my entire career. And first so, ever festival? Yeah. Big ups to Chris Miller in Alaska because he's the one actually hosting and uh, putting it together. And actually, he wants me to move out there, and I'm thinking about moving out there myself. And doing what? Well, he wants me to come out there and play for play and run his his uh, DJ stuff for his club, and also too, he wants to start a DJ school out there. Oh, that's cool. And, so, mm. and maybe I can use the same. That's prime real estate. Oh yeah, definitely. So. There ain't shit to do in the winter. There you know, there. there ain't a whole lot of DJs up there. I mean, there's there's not a, I would, there's not a DJ school up there. I don't. Think. Oh yeah. I don't think so. So that that's a great idea. That's pretty so good. I mean, I mean, don't want you to move, but gigs, but also during the week gives me something to do during the week, and especially uh, that way, don't I don't have to ever work again because I just recently quit my job. And I said, you know what? I just want to be a full time DJ now. Yeah. But hell with this working shit, commuting shit. Hell yeah. So, I've been pretty much a full time DJ all my life for the most part. Um. Whole, you know, holding residencies at downtown, shit like that, yeah, yeah, and yeah. just where it was a job. Mm-hmm. You know, there was days that I woke up where I felt like shit. I didn't feel like DJing. I didn't feel like entertaining nobody, but it was a job. Yeah. I had to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I had bills to pay. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like a party every night. I tried to tell my ex that, that it's not all what you think. Like, we all get a bad rap. DJs get a bad rap. Yeah. But at the same time, earlier in our careers, we probably deserved that rap. You know well, what I'm saying? Like, I probably I've, earned my stripes. I've mellowed way out. I've mellowed way out over the but now, decades. Like, I'm an old man. I go into the club. Like, a club is usually the last place I want to be on the earth on my day off. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. Well, anybody anybody that's in the club all like all the time, it's well, just it's your job, right? yeah, you know, just dealing with the whole bar fly community. Age, yeah. It's different. I like doing weird. I was doing well, you too. We're doing uh, speakeasy and stuff like that. Doing the cannabis clubs. Oh man, that's those were good that times. Was, those were good shows. Too. Yeah, there's a whole different atmosphere though. Oh yeah, well, just a whole other crowd and a whole other uh, situation. It, it was it was really interesting. Met a lot of good people. Did a lot of really good shows. Yeah, a lot of really good shows. And um, learned a lot. 
Yeah. Uh, this, and it was like yeah. the it was the Wild West back then, you know, oh, like yeah. rules weren't properly put into place yet, you know, and people were still trying to figure out what California was doing, figure out the rules here, you know, and everyone just went buck wild for a while. Yeah, we were on CNN. Yeah, we were yeah, on CNN, uh, That's all kinds of stuff. We finally, we finally saw the legalization of it from, like, some knucklehead being in front of King Supers. Hey, you want to sign my petition? I'm trying to get on the ballot. For real. <laughs> Tell me, growing up here, remember back then, I wouldn't have thought in a million years. That's the last thing I thought would ever come to pass. Yeah, me either. I never from thought. From the 90s, you know, to now, it's a total different cultural shock. Well, I'm sure they saw, cha-ching! Yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Show, Huge money business. Show and the ching. Yep. No doubt. It was like us back in the days. You say Wild West. We live and learn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We lived our Wild West period definitely at the same time. You know, because fantasy was your place, right? Yeah. Yeah. And because I remember we, you had the used record store, little bin up in there. Yeah. And well, actually, it. The, the front money, the guy, this was, was uh, this guy called Steve who lived in Woodland Park, and he was, like, from uh, from Florida. And he had came out here, and he had a lot of money, I guess, and he wanted to put it into the club down downstairs, and he wanted to put it in that record shop, and we tried. And, well. <laughs> I mean, how long did how long were you open total? Man, we were doing stuff upstairs. I was doing stuff, stuff upstairs. Yeah, I remember. With Go Girl Productions. Yeah, and then and the so, thing at the airport. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and that was Go, mm. Go Girl Productions. That was a chick named Sue Young. Yeah, I remember she, Sue. She was the, 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 the lady with all the, the bouncing checks. I mean, all the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it was Tony G and Sanjay. Yep. yep. You know, and Tony they, G. They were friends because we all used to hang out. I don't know if you ever did. Yeah. We hung out at Ventures. Tony G. Or when it was uh, uh, the next place. Metro? Got, the Metro, pa- Palladium. Was it, was it the Palladium or? Sunday nights. Yeah. And so. Yeah. I remember that. And so. And that's what they. Tony G. Getting into going to raves and going to parties. And that's like with any, any DJ these days or back then. It's like, well, you have a few experiences. And you're like, oh, I want to start DJing. Or I want to start doing my own parties and stuff. So basically, that's what Tony G, Sante, and this girl Sue Young, they were all going to parties, and they're like, "Oh, we can we can make our own yep. parties down here in the Springs now." And so, so basically, I came on board because I don't know, Tony G and Sante didn't want to do anything with her anymore or help her. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll be your leg man as long as you're still the. And that's actually where I gained a lot of my experience of organizing and throwing parties and first connecting with, with people, and eventually. Everyone caught up with her with her bouncing checks. Yep. And that's when that dude Steve came in, and then the, the landlord's like, "Well, you guys can go downstairs." And they're like, "Sweet, let's go downstairs." And that's when that one fantasy started downstairs. Yeah, because at that time they were tearing up the floor upstairs. Yeah, because they were putting the first brew pub, the brew place. Yep. Uh, Avalanche or somebody like that. Wow. I forgot the name. Yeah, I can't remember either. So, but no, that's when they were first upstairs, and they yep. were for, that was I think the Springs' first. That was like a long brew time ago. Pub, brew, like, uh, where they were starting to brew beer. Oh, yeah. They do their whole beer, uh, especially Yeah, beer. before, uh, what what's else is downtown that's big? Bristol. That's that place on the corner. What's yeah, that, that, that Bristol. Place. <laughs> well, yeah, there's Bristol, but the there's, there's, there's the another one. one. 
The one across they the street make, from the they uh, make their own hotel. beer. Yes, the, the one that makes their own beer. Three, four different floors. They make their own beer, right? Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Can't remember the name of the place. I worked there. Rocky Mountain? No. It's been in town for years too. Oh yeah, drugs are bad. Okay. For real. Do you remember that place? I don't remember that place, and I've been there. It's still there. It's still there. Yeah. They even have a bigger patio now. Yeah. Anyway, I can't remember if it was them. It was a part of them, but they, the first brew pub, and then it was them. The across the street that went in. Brewers Repub- not the Republic. Brewers yeah. Republic. Doing fantasy downstairs, so. Man. Because a lot of those guys from uh from that 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 new that restaurant restaurant brew pub used to come to fantasy, after their shift was over, they wanted to come over down to the after hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they used to get popping in there. They used to get hot as fuck in there, but it's, it was. When it got packed up in there, bro, the man, it was a sweat box. Talk about, talk about packing that place out. The, I think the biggest time we got that place packed out, maybe that was even upstairs. This hip hop crew, this, this trio, these guys were in town. They hit me up and said, "Hey, man, can we do a hip hop show here?" And I was like, "Well, y'all don't give a fuck." And <laughs> and I, I can't remember. There was only one shooting. <laughs> <laughs> only, only one. one shoot- <laughs> But they, those dudes handled it down sta- out there, though. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? That's they didn't bring it. In, and I told them straight up, <coughs> said, listen, if you guys have some, some shit that goes down, make sure it stays out in the parking lot because 5-0 will come up in this fucking thing and shut it all down. Yep. And they were smart. I mean, they were all m- about money. <coughs> they were smart. They, they handled it and left it out in the parking lot, and the hip-hop show kept going on. It never shut down until, like, everyone decided they wanted to leave. But that, that place was packed. Damn. So, it's crazy. Do you do you do you ever go upstairs when we were uh, partying upstairs? Yep. Do you remember uh, when there was a party in Denver, and I think Tony and Sante were supposed to be playing, and it got shut, shut down. down. Yeah, I do remember that. And then we started yelling as soon as the lights came on, and the riot police were starting to come in. <laughs> we were live saying "18 Norte home, 18 Norte home." We had about five. We had actually we were when we left Denver. There were motherfuckers just speeding past us to go down to the springs. <laughs> and when, when we got there, eventually there was like 500 people who showed up down, uh, in that party. We, and we Man. had the most booty. I mean, we got turntables and we got two or three speakers. And it was the most janky fucking light show. But you know what? There were so many fucked up people that they didn't care. Plus, it was a basement. You had concrete floors. The sound just... It, it reverberated. Yeah, it, it got you. But man, parties back then were like the big shows that they put on. You know, compared to nowadays, they're more like Hollywood, like you oh, know, it's like a bit. It's all gleaming. Yeah, exactly. But back then, like it's like some real shit though. But they went big, like they did some big shit. You know, for back then, you know. Well, the music was all EDC, equality, but you know, everything's going to evolve. People are going to find it out, find out about it more. You know, and then they're going to like, oh, what's the styles? What's, how's everybody dressing and everything like that? Yeah. And that's when every kind of thing takes off, you know, and everyone started mm-hmm. dressing like they were like, uh, from a rave or a party. But as long as what was consistent was always the music was good. Yeah. So. Definitely. And it's definitely not so, it definitely, like you're saying, it's a lot glammy. It's a lot, a lot more like shiny kind of, kind of, I don't know, kind of music now. It's all mm-hmm. like glittery. Well, plus, 
besides like mole there wasn't really much for record stores back then either so getting records as a dj was kind of far and in between unless you went up to d-town oh yeah you always. know what i'm saying wax tracks yeah independent nowadays independent's got like pretty impressive selection you know for compared to how it used to be there was a time when they didn't have any records oh like, yeah well they, they, they also they, saw the dollar they signs probably. went through that yeah. well, they you went through that phase that? though when they stopped making records and whatever and all that bullshit we all suffered well, that's the that. thing. They, everyone thought, oh, vinyl's going to go away as soon as everything, all this di- digital revolution starts taking off. And what I found out is like, nah, people, mm. pe- sales are actually up. Yeah. <laughs> and there's actually a vinyl sh- shortage out here, too. They're like, uh, and the materials and, and you know. Yeah, and like people actually just listening to records, not really even DJing. Yeah. You know, just listening to records. Like they sell them little turntables and shit at Walmart nowadays. They oh, just yeah, just records are back. Bluetooth. Definitely. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So they never went away, though, in my, in my book. <laughs> well, everyone's a DJ. Remember that song yep. back in the days? Yeah. Everybody wants to be a DJ. Oh, well, God is a and DJ. And so nowadays, Life you can't swing a cat around in a room without hitting some. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of DJs in town. I know a lot of DJs. A lot of, pers- a lot of my personal friends are DJs. Yep. And I, and it's I support. Just, it's, it's really I've always been that type of DJ, too. You know, I've always, like, Got it, welcomed everybody with open arms, you know, mm-hmm. as far as other DJs and stuff like that. I'd rather collab and have fun, like comparing music. Like, I got a crazy music library up in my head. I would love to bounce back and forth off somebody, you know. It's, I, I loved it. I love fucking DJing, but I don't know, man. It, you, know, you have to get a, give yourself a, a break sometimes and get a fresh perspective and, and really appreciate yeah. Techno- oh, yeah technology as it is now you know it's, it's just so much easier so much better so much more it's about finding creativity you know inspiration that you just point. have to have an imagination man, yeah. and then that that's makes it happen that's that's well, what we do looked, now looked at this you could who's the dude who's the uh, fro dude who makes the paintings who's that dude Oh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. So Bob Ross can crank out a, a painting like less than 30 minutes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's still some level of quality, but I kind of compare that to DJing and music. You pick out the right music, you pick out the right paints, and you can crank something. And if you got that talent, you can crank something out in 30 or 40 minutes or yeah. an hour set. But that's just the thing, though, being consistent about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Any, any knucklehead can sit here and mix and pick out a bunch of songs. But whether you make it all sound good together, yeah. you make some kind of like journey kind of Ma- painting. Exactly, making a <laughs> mix that makes sense. So, so you know, whether you mm. want to take somebody somewhere or you making them lounge because you're at the vape, vape bar or, you know, or at you're partying them up because you're at the at the mansion or something like that and yeah. playing party music. But it's just like there's a set for every location, every environment, every atmosphere and what, what you put together mm. as that hour set level of quality as what you interpret it or how you want to put it together you know what I'm saying like I said any DJ can like find some find some music on, online or you know download some stuff and have their digital controller and you yeah. know and yeah and the chances of somebody else, unless they read like your playlist but chances like back in the day chances of someone having the same exact selection in their record box as you did was absolutely zero well, well that's the one thing too you know you might have some records you know hot joints in there 
you know, that in your record box, but to have every record, not only have every record, but spend every record in the same order. Mm-hmm. The chances of that is none. Well, that, that, that's the thing, too. Is like, you know, like you said, there's a chance of like not, you know, you have a, a single record that might, maybe not a, nobody has, but also that chance that you do have that single record, but there's five other people that might have it. But it's just how you put it, yeah, put it together. Exactly. You know, how you bring you it, put in, it in and where you put, put it, it in to use. Mix. Yep. So, but that's the crazy thing use, about. You might only use like a couple minutes as opposed to someone might using in a whole whole track. Yep. So or yep. side B. Yep. <laughs> side B. <laughs> you gotta keep them wondering, you gotta keep them guessing. Yeah. You can't just play shit, man. That's just that's just my my opinion. But that always tripped me out that always just think like that like I was watching this thing about this dude with 52 cards the chances of somebody dealing or shuffling the deck like are astronomical shuffling the deck the same exact way that you did chances of that are astronomical you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and they were talking about like fractions and uh, all this how it breaks down but they were talking about how 52 cards. I got to show it to you. I lost it. They oh, they talk about. Well, it's, just like the, it's, a, it. it's not a necessary level of randomness. It's, a, it's the fact that, you know, you as a person come up with a mix. The chances of somebody else in another, another part of the planet or another part of the fucking world. Yeah, ever spending that same mix. Playing the same track list that you do, unless they look at your shit online. Yeah. And then, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna find all your tracks and they're gonna play the same way you do. But it's still there's. We'll play the same tracks that you do. But, but, but still, but it's still there. How they how they yeah, brought them. Uh, yeah, exactly. So how you put it together and how you put your painting together. I've always thought that that is cool. Just thinking about what I'm doing right now, nobody else is doing. Because it's hard to fucking do shit nobody else is doing nowadays, you know, or hasn't not done. You know what I'm saying? Being original is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Well, not only being original, but well, just showing originality your... comes with the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, at one yeah. time, it, it was original, but at a later time, it can still be original. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to make old stuff new again. And exactly. Make it and, and, uh, exactly. Reinvent shit. Turn, turn it out. Well, that's what you do when mixing all the time, man. Like, I was really impressed a, a couple months ago. Came down to take some photos of you. Uh, what's that that uh, bar that Met- Shannon was at? Metric. Is that what it was? Mm. Well, you threw this Jane's Addiction mix down, dude, and it just absolutely blew my mind. See, and that's what I love being able to play with Gravity for because he has that knowledge. A lot of DJs are closed-minded. You know, unless they get that experience where they become versatile because they work at a club or a place where they have to play other shit other than just what they like. You know, like, I know none of us like the Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> I know none of us <laughs> like the couple, Wobble. There's a couple of weddings I've done that with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, they're Electric slides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're the killers. They're bullets. But as DJs, like. Uh, you're, yeah, you're ducking behind you. Yeah. Well, that's what, what gravity can do. You know what I'm saying? You were talking about earlier about the mashups. He can take 
the lyrics from maybe like the Cupid Shuffle and throw a fucking uh, uh, an Ice Cube beat behind it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. But it's all about the hook. That's just the thing. If you if you play the Cupid Shuffle and you throw a whole different beat about it, people are gonna get off get off their off their fucking chair or at the bar or whatever. Cause my DJ Gravity just hooked him with the Cupid Shuffle, but he's throwing a whole different beat behind it. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I like to not be selfish, but, but at the same time, get you know give give people something, but you know make it fun for myself. You just know how to hook them. Yeah. Cause I've you know we've we've all played the same songs a million times, and we just want to do it different. Yeah. We really just want to. Put a smile. Because you know there's some people that want to put a smile on your face and make you want to go listen to that shit at home. Because you know there's people in the audience that you know are gonna they're gonna react to that song. Mm -hmm. But you threw threw a a different ball at them because, like I'm saying, you threw a different beat behind it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you ain't gonna get those people off their fucking off their butts and off their chairs and start dancing. You know because they're gonna like, oh wow, this this song I remember a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But like. But it's something different about it. Oh, it's got a different beat. Oh, okay, that's good. I still like it. <laughs> Man, last time we were at Vultures, we had a really good set that night. You know, because we were going dating back. We just went. And that's what I like about DJ with Gravity is he has the knowledge of all kinds of music, all kinds of eras, all kinds of genres. You know what I'm saying? He's not close-minded like a lot of DJs like, Well, I'm just playing dance yeah, music. Yeah, I just play drum and bass. I used to be like that. I used to be like that's that. That's all I play is drum and bass. Well, that's the thing. That's all they own. That's, that's all the records they own. I mean, nowadays it's different because computer, you can open to a lot more shit. But back in the day, those are the records they owned. You know, that was all they owned. They might have had some bootleg Goodwill shit at, on their shelves at home, but <laughs> that's what they carried. That's what they played. You know what I'm saying? There's just thousands and millions and billions of music these days. Oh yeah. But how how much a percentage of it is actually good still? So and that's the, what the de- the job of a good, de- good DJ is yeah. to go out and find those tracks. Oh yeah. And then because if you find might find some obscure hip hop beat or hip hop group, and then suddenly you play it, and then like most things that go viral or just take off, and then, then everybody's like, "Wow, oh, DJ Crab, you played this song." And, now, now, then there's a, there's hundreds of people in town that have that song. And mostly DJs. with vinyl. Vinyl because the the transfer over from vinyl to, where do you go, vinyl to 8-track to cassette, right? Vinyl, 8-track to cassette. I think 8-track. Vinyl, vinyl came out first because uh, yeah, of the phonograph. Yeah, 8-tracks came out after cassettes. After, yeah. after cassettes? No, I thought cassettes were the smaller version of the eight track. That's what I thought too. Mm-hmm. I thought eight track came out after vinyl, like you said. Yeah, you said, you no, said yeah, after vinyl, yeah. but yeah, before yeah. Um, so cassettes. There, during that transfer mm-hmm. of medias, there's so much music on vinyl that has never been transferred over. That's still out there. That's on vinyl that has yet to been be seen, yet to be found, well, that's or, the or thing. in people's private collections. Well, that's the you thing. Somebody, somebody might hear it and say, "Dude, where'd you get this song?" Yeah, they never even got transferred to, you know, to eight track to cassette, let alone CD. And then now where we're at now is digital age. So there's shit that's still never even seen its day on the computer. Think about that. That's some serious digging. Go to yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have one of those Fisher Price, those little peach little turntables 
I used to take it to the record store with me. This was before like Mold used to have their little turntable, little listening stations. But like at Big B's in Vegas record store, they had all these electrical plugs, but no turntables. So I used to bring mine in and just sit there like for fucking probably eight hours from open to close and just digging. Well, that's not part Hands of being a DJ. gross. Mm-hmm. Just nasty. <laughs> well, that's what you were talking about earlier. You're talking about being original and shit. Yeah. And that's how you be original. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's if you're doing something gyms. for a hip hop beat or you're doing something for a dance beat, you know what I'm saying? That's where you can go. You know, obviously, you can dig so much around in the internet. You can find anything that you want beat wise. Yeah. But if you want to find some, like you're talking about, something that never got transferred over, that you're in some obscure record shop. And I was like, wow, this track is dope and i've never heard of it well know? and plus just what we can do today compared to back then yeah you know what i'm saying like everybody's can be a record company everybody can be their own manager of their own artist as themselves you know what i'm saying you can make cds you can do all that shit from home now back then you know that wasn't an option there was no downloading there was no none of that shit when Back, you know, in the early 90s. As far as music, Napster was just starting to come out, like, even past that. When did Napster come out? Mid-90s. Like, 98, 99. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, like, 98, 99. If not, yeah, I think it's probably 99. Because, man, were you guys pirates at the beginning? I don't think so. I still think I still buying records. Well, I mean, and I didn't well, go digital till still I got on records, but just being pirates as far as like when the internet really hit. I don't think and you were able to download. You figured out how to download movies, how to download music. I think it was more movies all for, for me. Free. <laughs> and all the money you have spent all these years at independent alone. I don't want to talk about it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That was a huge thing in my life, being able to download the shit and having that shit at my fingertips. I spent hundred, probably hundred thousand dollars easily well, on yeah. records. Here's a weird Couple hundred for thousand you on records. Can you guys, obviously, you know, kind of get a general idea how many records you might have. Do you know right offhand how many MP3s that you have in your collection? Over fifty grand. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's in the. 50, and so 16, that, that being said, so you have your music on a hard drive, and suddenly one day you drop your hydro drive in some water, and all that music goes away. Been there, done that, not in the water, <laughs> but drop my hard drive and fucking, oh god, no, that's yeah, what I'm saying. data recovery. If children Man. out there, if you want to get into a good, secure job, data recovery, they rate people. <laughs> they they made so much money. I paid fourteen to get my shit recovered off a six terabyte hard drive. One thousand four hundred dollars. Wow. Just think how many records you would have bought with that, huh? Yeah. Well, just think of how many how, yeah, much, how much all that shit would actually cost <laughs> if you had to go buy it again or whatever. Oh, and uh, think of carrying it. Think of think of moving it. Think of how much room it takes. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, if you got 50,000 records, just pretend they were each one cost $2. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> some, some of them, you know, more and more than that. Hell so. yeah. 
dollar store starts to make sense to you <laughs> right about, there. You know, made a lot. Like, how are these spent a lot of money. money. I spent half a million dollars on records, probably. I'm not, but more money than I'll ever earn, probably. Yeah, it's I, crazy, but it's true. So, what finally did, made you guys, to, uh, from a, a point of vinyl, what finally made you guys digital-wise to cross over and embrace all of the digitals and stuff? I don't know. I, f- I felt like I was there was a lot of competition, and I wasn't. No, no, nobody cared about me playing actual records. It, was, yeah, it wasn't. It I wasn't mean, like a big deal. It wasn't cool. I, I like the records weren't whistles. cool at that time. Records weren't cool. You know, it was that was, well, I was, was old school. You know, they just thought it was whack or I, old or whatever. We're, I've just been doing it for so long and doing like club shit that just it was a workout every single time. So plus, I liked all the new shit that was coming out on the controllers that weren't on. You know, before the mixer, before they put all that stuff in the mixers now, but. You know, they it just had cool shit. I look at it like markers and crayons. You can both do different things with them and achieve different things with them. One can do things that the other one can't do, and vice versa. But well, I always thought I always thought that that argument was made no sense because it's just it's equipment. Well, th- to me, <laughs> to me, it's just like we're as DJs now, we're we're supposed to be versatile. Yeah. With dig- digital controllers or digital media, it it actually makes it a lot more easy to be versatile. And so. Oh, true. And so. Very true. Just like our intro for our show, mm-hmm. you know, we did that on a mic, recorded, boom, real quick. That simple. Five minutes didn't later, to, we had it. Didn't have to get a vinyl pressed. Yeah, didn't have to get it, nothing. Already done. had it. On you know record. what I'm saying? And boom. I'm already He's scratching it, scratching it like a record. It's already there. Well, like you're saying too, also too, it, it makes more sense too, uh, as all of us being vinyl DJs, is to pr- progress, evolve, and to embrace technology. It would be, it would like you talk about just buying vinyl. If you want to be at the club, or you want to be in a, at a, a different areas of DJing, and all that, it may make it easier for you to carry a controller or or have more vast music because you're using vinyl controllers um but it's just that that's that's the thing we had to evolve or we wanted to evolve, yeah and we wanted to like well we don't be left behind in competition yeah and i like the new shit i like, was the last one i, I was the I, last I, to go I digital was interested in the technology coming out like i thought it was super cool like it was to do shit that you never seen before you know so I mean, I was all about it. Also, it's easy on our backs. Oh, except hell. for you. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. For real. Was I, thought, it 30, I thought about getting a controller. 35 or 37 pounds. How much is how much does the turntable weigh? Mm. Technique? I think it's 37.5 pounds. Mm, I don't know. I never thought about it. Man, also, too, weight adds on if you, gotta, if you got to bring your uh, your sound system with you, too. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Man, I did not miss... <laughs> And all the crates, sound systems and shit, mm-hmm. all and the crates, crates. all the cords. Yeah, you didn't really know what all you were gonna play that night, and you wanted to have it all with you. <laughs> yeah, because you can just the have natural uh, <laughs> evolution of things. You know, you can't yeah. just expect to stand, stand still and be, be, exactly. be different. Yeah, stand still, you're gonna get ran over. So. You know what I'm saying? That's how it is. 
I wish like, I would have gotten like Pioneer. Who would have thought Pioneer would have made such the extreme, you know, leaps and bounds that they have made as far as equipment goes? Well, like that's like true for us as DJs. You have to evolve if you want to make the money. That's very true. You know what I'm saying? Yep. People weren't really buying rack systems no more, you know, for their house. You know, that's a thing of the past. You know, people that's, might you know, still have some, but it's not like something you can go buy at fucking Best Buy and shit. You can buy components, but like the old systems that you used to see, like your parents had. You oh, they what? The cassette, all, cassettes, yeah, the turntable? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything was stuck together. Such as bigger than a refrigerator and shit. <laughs> you had to scratch on the platters all wool. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is belt driven. That <laughs> 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 oh, this is a diamond tip, uh, diamond tip needle. Uh, I'm putting cre- crevices in these records. Yep. <laughs> it sounded great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what time we got? I think we're running out of time. We are running out of time. Man, we could just we could. Yeah. Too bad we don't got a couple beers. We could just sit here and bullshit all night. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's kind of nice. This is cool having well, Tim here. Chris, that's one of the reasons I wanted to come over and take photos of you, uh, of you guys today because, you know, I ran into you over Vultures and made made that reconnection with you f- from, you know, and then just uh, the dialogue that you ta- talked about, we talked about, you know, uh, it, it just would make sense for me to reconnect with you even on a oh, different, uh, more definitely. level. Because I've seen you uh, on flyers. I've seen as far as, like, we, we were playing the vape clubs and stuff like that. But it's just that the universe never – rotated or we never hit orbits just right yeah and we just managed to hit the same orbit over at vultures that exactly night. and uh, as i was saying did you tell I'll them what hap- how that happened <laughs> we were in the car and getting ready to leave and he's like yeah that's timmy and i was like that's timmy i was like no way like, i didn't even recognize you at first i just it's been so many years and i was like yeah we were about oh, to pull shit. out we i was like hey you gotta pull back in we gotta go back inside <laughs> <laughs> well, see, yeah. if you make an effort, dude, that's the reason I wanted to make an effort today, too. Oh, yeah. So, like, we've had, I, I have really some fond memories fucking at the beginning of all this craziness that has become my life, I guess, you know, and just all the years have, that have passed, and I just, you're one of the people that have stuck up and stuck out in my mind. You know what I'm saying? And I've met a lot of motherfuckers through the years that really have no real estate in my mind whatsoever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I definitely have fond memories of fucking back in the dirty warehouse days. <laughs> Hell yeah. Tim E., ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Thank you for guys for having me. I appreciate letting me come into the studio, take pictures, and uh, letting us bullshit. Hell yeah. What is this? Yeah, our yeah. second interview or third interview? I think this is actually our third? Technically our third, yeah. We're getting good at this shit. We're going to have to get better. <laughs> All right, we are done for this week. We'll be back next week. One last shout out. If you want to get a hold of me or you're interested in getting a hold of me, DJ Timmy, that's T-I-M-M-E, at Hotmail.com. Oh, yeah, be sure to check me out this Friday night at Fritzy's, rocking with NDP. For some freestyle raps, check it out. Where are you at? Fritzy's. Oh, yeah, I'll be down there then. Nice. <laughs> what time are you starting? Uh, it's about seven. Okay, that sounds good. Fresh. 
I'll be at strip club all week. <laughs> that's uh, that's um, Snooty Snooty's. Oh, the How yeah, is that Snooty place? Fox. It's dope. It's dope. They they really put a lot of money in that, that place. place. Is pretty tight. Like bro. their whole laser setup, their system. Like I love going. Smoking. I get there like at my shift doesn't start till four, but I get there at, like two o'clock so I can DJ. <laughs> it's the best system in town. Easy. Yeah, easily. Just listen easily. to myself. Well, on that's that just system. the thing, though. That's the, so you're saying it's pretty quality over there. Oh right? yeah, it's definitely quality. As they got a whole to, laser show. What was the strip club up the street back in the days? Oh, uh, baby dolls. Uh, well, they got baby dolls. They got TNTs. Jerry McNasties. Jeremy Nasties and Deja Vu. What, what, did, what did they used Deja to call, call it? Say. Uh, Hot, hot, hot beer and cold women. They <laughs> <laughs> said, I don't know, ninety-nine ugly chicks and one good-looking one. Some, some, some shit. Yeah, like that. All right, Peace. ladies.